You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 67. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, how's it going? This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information every single week. So what's going on with you this week? I have to tell you what's going on with me. Uh, For one, last week's podcast was such a big hit. If you missed it, I highly encourage you to go back and check out the social media episode where I talk a lot about how social media has affected me and how it's affecting other people in terms of our emotional states. I've gotten some amazing feedback, lots of emails from clients saying, how much that podcast meant to them because they have been feeling it too and it's giving them some guidelines on some ways they can make changes. So I'm really happy that that topic, it touched a lot of people in a way that they're going to start making some changes which are going to benefit their health. So again, if you missed it last week, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Now, what else do I want to tell you? You know what? I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts lately, and I'm always looking for awesome ones, interesting ones, things that I can learn from, even for my own podcast. And I have to tell you, one of the one of the worst things about a podcast, I think, can be that they sometimes do like a 15 to 20 minute intro that has nothing to do with the topic that day. Often it's, you know, obviously some kind of ad that they're they're selling something, a sponsor. And I get that because, you know, for me, the podcast is a labor of love. I don't make any money from it. At this time, I don't have sponsors. So I try to always get you the information right away. Like I just, boom, I want to get right into the topic because I'm tired of listening to people talk for like 15 to 20 minutes and then they start getting into the topic. So I just want to tell you that I'm going to try to never do that to you. Okay. That is my goal for you. But I would like to share a podcast that a friend of mine recently started and I thought that you might enjoy it too. So uh, let's see. I want to make sure I get the title of it right. This is a podcast called I Could Never Do That. Give it a search in iTunes and check it out. I like it. It's inspirational. My friend Carrie Barrett started it. And so each week she interviews someone and sort of the theme of the podcast is I I could never do that. And it's things that these amazing people do. And so I'm always looking for ways to be inspired. So if you want to check it out, that is a great podcast to check out. And now let's get right into our topic of the day. So we are going to talk about cholesterol today. Why? Well, for one, because I actually had several clients email me saying, hey, can you cover this topic? And I always appreciate if you ever want me to cover a topic or you have a question about a topic, email me, kim at earnthatbody.com, and let me do some research on it and share it with everyone. Because likely, if you have these questions, other people do too. And cholesterol is definitely one that even I had a ton of questions And honestly, if you had looked at my blood work, um, you'd say I have high cholesterol. And so, my goodness, I don't think I could eat any healthier. And so this was a topic that I actually had recently personally researched because, like I said, I would always get my blood work down 
uh, or get my blood work back and it would say that my cholesterol was on the high side. So I want to give you some updated facts because a lot has changed in the research and what we think about cholesterol and how we manage cholesterol with the foods that we eat. So I want to make sure that you have that up-to-date information. But first, let's go for a little health factoid of the day because not only are we going to talk about cholesterol, after it we're going to talk about eggs. Because everybody says that eggs are so high in cholesterol that you shouldn't eat them, right? Well, here's a little factoid of the day. Brown eggs are not more nutritious than white eggs. Didn't you always wonder what's the difference between the brown and the white eggs? The color and the size of an egg are determined by the breed of the hen, which can produce white, cream, brown, blue, green, or speckled eggs. I have yet to have a blue, green, or speckled egg. Maybe you have had them. Uh, the color of the yolk is or of the yolk is also not reflective of nutritional value. So that's your little factoid of the day. In case you ever wondered, I always did at least. I actually always get the big, enormous Costco organic eggs. They are brown. Although last week one was white in my package. One white with all brown. I'm sure that was a lucky egg. Okay, so cholesterol. First, let me give you a quick definition. Cholesterol is a waxy, fat-like substance that's found in all cells of the body. Your body actually needs some cholesterol, just so you know, to make hormones. It also helps us make vitamin D and substances that help you digest foods. Your body makes all the cholesterol it needs. However, cholesterol also is found in some of the foods that you eat. Now, I tried to go and as, get as most current information that I possibly could, and so I'm going to be telling you a lot of information that I got from the Harvard School of Public Health. I always try to go for the highest level of information because here's a reality for you. Anything you research, you're going to find a lot of information on. Some that's what, you know, maybe very true, some not so true. Maybe someone did research on one person. Um, so I always try to go to places like Harvard, uh, Mayo Clinic. I try to go to the highest levels to get that information. Now, according to the Harvard School of Public Health, the biggest influence on blood cholesterol level is the mix of fats and carbohydrates in your diet not the amount of cholesterol you eat from food. And that's really the big change in the last couple years is that they used to always say you should watch the foods you eat, don't eat any high cholesterol foods because that's going to raise your blood cholesterol levels when in fact they're saying that is no longer considered true. So if you like eggs, if you like shrimp, if you like lobster, guess what? You can eat them. It's not they say it's not going to raise your cholesterol. Now, I warn you, there's still, you know, certainly fats in them. You shouldn't eat them unlimited, everything in moderation. But just so you know, not that cholesterol from the food is actually what's influencing the cholesterol that you're getting checked when you do that blood work. Now, although it remains important to limit the amount of cholesterol you eat, as I said, everything in moderation, uh, be especially careful if you have diabetes. So I always am doing this podcast and tell you a lot of information, and I'm primarily speaking to the healthy group, meaning you don't have a disorder, you don't have a disease. But if you have diabetes, then this is something that you actually do have to be very cautious of in terms of your dietary cholesterol. And so you would always follow your doctor's orders, no matter what disorder or illness you might have, no matter what I say, 
always go with what your doctor says. But definitely diabetes is something that you have to watch that dietary cholesterol. Now, cholesterol in the bloodstream, specifically the bad cholesterol, which they call the LDL, is what is very important that they they definitely used to look at as the major health risk, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, my LDL is high. And I had always heard like, oh, you know, you want your LDL to be under 100, and I can tell you that mine is over 100. I'll tell you exactly what my cholesterol numbers are in just a moment. Um, But again, because of the way science is and the way that there's constant research, they have developed some new ways to check your cholesterol and, and not so much looking at just your LDL anymore or just your total cholesterol number which mine's over 200. And that was once considered very, very high. And perhaps a doctor would have put me on medication at one point for something like that. But because of the new research, uh, that is no longer an issue. So moving on, how does the fat move from the food into the bloodstream? It's something that I used to always kind of wonder. And fat and cholesterol, they can't not actually dissolve in water or blood. Instead, the body actually packages fat and cholesterol into tiny protein-covered particles called lipoproteins. So lipoproteins can actually transport a lot of fat, they mix easily with blood, and the most important ones are the low-density lipoproteins, so that's your LDL, the high-density lipoproteins, your HDL, which is what they call the good cholesterol, and then there's also the triglycerides. So that low-density lipoprotein, the LDL, carries cholesterol from the liver to the rest of the body. And cells latch onto these particles and extract the fat and the cholesterol from them. So when there's too much LDL cholesterol in the blood, these particles can actually form deposits in the walls of the coronary arteries and other arteries throughout the body, and that is called plaque, which you've probably heard of, Um, and that can narrow the artery and obviously limit blood flow. So when that plaque breaks apart, it can cause a heart attack or a stroke, and that's why you've probably always heard that like high cholesterol will cause cardiac problems and potentially heart attacks. And that's, you know, that's why the doctors are checking our blood and they're checking our cholesterol levels because they want to know what is the risk of heart attack for this client. And by looking at these cholesterol numbers, they're able to have a better sense. Now, the high-density lipoproteins, the HDL, the good cholesterol, they call it, takes cholesterol from the bloodstream, from LDL, and from artery walls and brings it back to the liver for disposal. So they say the HDL is kind of like that garbage truck in the bloodstream, and it's um, kind of clearing it, clearing all of that out of the bloodstream. So it's, it's doing a good job for us. We, we like the HDL. It's helping the blood get rid of all that stuff. It's good. It's protective. And so we're happy when the HDL is actually at a high level, which is exactly what I have. And then there's your triglycerides that make up most of the fat that you eat and that travels through the bloodstream. And as the body's main vehicle for transporting fats to the cells, the triglycerides are important for good health, although high levels can be unhealthy, which is why, again, as I say always, we need these things, but everything in moderation. Now, in general, 
the lower your LDL and the higher your HDL, the better the chances of preventing heart disease and other chronic conditions. So that's the overall of sort of what you're looking at. Now, the types of fat in the diet help determine the amount of total HDL and LDL cholesterol in the bloodstream. The types and the amount of carbohydrate in the diet also play a role. So don't be fooled into thinking that only fat and only foods with cholesterol are going to affect that HDL and LDL and your total cholesterol because even types and amounts of carbohydrate play a role. So that's something just to remember. Cholesterol in your food does play a small role, but just not nearly as much as they used to think. I mean, they used to really think that the cholesterol that you took in from the food directly impacted that cholesterol in your blood, and that's just not what they think anymore. So the discovery half a century ago, this is what they discovered, it was a half a century ago that high blood cholesterol levels were strongly associated with an increased risk for heart disease triggered numerous warnings to avoid foods that contain cholesterol like eggs and even liver. I don't know how many of you eat liver. Um, and so, yeah, for a long time, weren't, weren't you always hearing, don't eat a lot of eggs, it's bad for your cholesterol, they're loaded in cholesterol, you shouldn't eat eggs. But the scientific studies show a very weak relationship between the amount of cholesterol a person consumes and his actual blood cholesterol levels. So that's, that's sort of new research in the last couple of years, and some people have heard about it, and some people have not heard about it, and they're still avoiding things like eggs and lobster, yum. Um, and shrimp, and again, still has to be eaten in moderation. But I'm a huge egg fanatic, and so uh, when I heard these things, I was pretty happy. I do eat a lot of eggs, and we'll talk a little bit about how many eggs you should be eating. Actually, let's just go right into that, because they say really an egg a day is not associated with any danger or high risk for heart disease. So if you wanna have one egg a day, that's totally fine. I like to have an egg and then a couple egg whites with it. Um, or sometimes I rotate and just do egg whites one day and then that one full egg one day. But the actual egg with the yolk has some of the most incredible full protein value that you can possibly get in a food. Like they say the egg is the ultimate protein. It has all the amino acids, everything you could possibly take in in one little unit of an egg. So an egg is good for you. Again, it has to be in somewhat moderation. And again, if you have diabetes that you have to follow your doctor's orders. Now, probably what is a bigger problem for people who eat eggs is not the actual egg, but what they are eating with the eggs. And so that's also something, you know, when you look at research and when they do this research and when you watch these documentaries, which we're also going to talk about, um, you have to realize that there's so many variables going on. Most people who go out to a restaurant and eat eggs also have it loaded in cheese. They have um, you know, fried hash browns with it. So many things that are loaded in fat and oil. And that stuff is going to affect your blood cholesterol potentially, more so than the actual egg. So very important to remember that potentially what people are eating, it's not the egg that's so bad, but it's what they are eating with the eggs that you really have to look at. 
Now, when you get your blood work, do you have any idea what to look at? Because if you're anything like me, I just always had this number in my head like, okay, your total has to be under 200 and you don't want your LDL anywhere near 100, right? Well, I can tell you right now that all my numbers were, were definitely over that. And so I wanted to understand, well, my doctor said I didn't have to worry, that my cholesterol was fine. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome because I was so concerned because to me, those numbers look a little high. So what to look at in the blood work, you've got your LDL, your HDL, and your total cholesterol. You should see all those things laid out in your blood work. It should, each one should basically be listed. Mine also actually had a ratio listed as well. And again, the reason that doctors look at these numbers is to help predict your risk of heart disease. And at one time, they only looked at that total cholesterol or even, like I said, the LDL, that was their only focus, but that has really changed. So some of this information that I've got now is from Mayo Clinic, and they talk about predicting that risk of heart disease for many doctors now are are moving towards looking at non-HDL cholesterol levels. Instead of just looking at one number, they're actually sort of using these different ratios And they're saying that the non-HDL cholesterol level might actually be more useful than calculating your cholesterol ratio. I'm going to tell you how to determine all these things, and I'm going to use mine to show you. But either option appears to be a better risk predictor than just total cholesterol levels. So I know it sounds like a lot, and it's hard if you're, I know if you're driving, like me, I'm always driving when I listen to a podcast, you're probably like, hey, I'm so confused. So let's, let's give you some actual numbers so you can understand. To calculate your cholesterol ratio, you're going to divide your high-density lipoprotein, your HDL, and you're going to divide that cholesterol number into your total cholesterol number, okay? So my HDL, my good number, my good cholesterol is 103. My total cholesterol is 230. Doesn't that sound so high? I mean, I was certain the doctor was going to make me do something like a medication. <laughs> so with the uh, my LDL, just so you know, is 114. And that is checked off as considered high on my blood work, okay? So when you take these numbers, the 230, and you divide it uh, by 103, I get a number 2.2. Well, guess what? They consider an optimal ratio less than 3.5. So I'm right in there. I'm right in that healthy level. Uh, A higher ratio than 3.5 would be when they would start to consider that a higher risk of heart disease. So even though those numbers look high, and at one time they would have thought those numbers were really high, when you take into account the HDL and the ratio of it all together, it actually becomes a not concerning number. Now my doctor actually shows on my blood work a risk ratio, it's called, where they take the uh, LDL over the HDL. They take that ratio, and mine is 1.1, and you want to be under 3.2. So again, completely normal value. Doctor is not concerned at all because my HDL was so high that my ratios come out in the proper range. Now, that other thing they were talking about was the non-HDL cholesterol. And all this is is different ways of calculating these different ratios and numbers and that they're feeling that these are better ways to predict now instead of just looking at the one number. So the non-HDL cholesterol, 
as its name implies, is simply subtracting your HDL from your total. So it contains all the bad types of cholesterol basically in this non-HDL number. So you take my 230 total minus my 103 and I get 127. Now they say an optimal level of non-HDL cholesterol is less than 130. So I'm under that, I'm 127. I'm probably at the slightly higher end, but it's still a completely in normal range. And anything higher than that is when, again, they get a little more concerned about heart disease and what that risk is. So they no longer look at just one number. It's more about the ratios and it's not so much focus on the LDL, but also how much HDL you have. So it's not just HDL, it's not just LDL, but really how it all works together. So to help reduce cholesterol, let's focus less on cholesterol in the food. And a better focus is actually on reducing saturated fat and trans fat in the diet. Those play a greater role in damaging those blood vessels than actually dietary cholesterol. So do you ever feel like it all makes you crazy? Like one day they tell me to eat eggs, one day they tell me not to eat eggs. and it can almost be, it's, you know, it kind of is like there's no win. Do you ever feel like that? Or, or sometimes I feel like, okay, I just can't eat anything because one day they're going to tell me it's okay and one day they're going to tell me it's not okay. But what you have to understand is that science, including what they call nutrition science, it's a process of change. And they are constantly doing research and new findings are emerging and sometimes that is going to change what they say. So how do you deal with that? Well, I always go back to the same thing. If you're eating in moderation, then I don't think you have to worry about anything because if you eat eggs in moderation, then fine, you're gonna be okay. If you eat you know, meat in moderation, I think you'll be fine. If you eat red meat every single day, three times a day, like that's not moderation, that's when it becomes a problem. But I don't think you have to do these drastic changes like, you know, the big one right now is a plant-based diet. You know, a couple of years ago, it was going gluten-free. These are, those are hard lifestyles. I'll tell you right now, that that's a commitment and almost impossible. I, I see people try them and they can do them for a while, but they usually can't last forever. And that's okay. I almost feel like, you know, gluten, if you're obviously, if you have celiacs, you have to do it 100%. But instead of trying to tell yourself, I'm gonna go gluten-free or I'm gonna be on a plant-based diet, what if you just said, I'm gonna mostly eat that way? That way, giving yourself an opportunity to have other things in moderation, right? Like, I think you could do a plant-based diet like several days a week, but I think, and it's my personal opinion, you could have chicken a couple days a week. And maybe if you're an athlete, you sort of even revolve that around some of the days that you have higher training or strength training. I don't think that that's gonna hurt your body. Of course, I always recommend you have organic meats, organic dairy. But my concern is when people go extreme and then when science changes, then what if you were doing more harm than good by being all, all in one way instead of just moderation throughout? So just something to think about. Now, moving right into eggs, because we're coming off cholesterol. Now we understand what it is, what it focuses on, what's really good or bad cholesterol, and if you need to be concerned. And honestly, if you have never had your cholesterol checked, 
go have your blood work done because it's good to have those numbers. It's good to have those baselines to know where you're at. Because if you see a big dramatic change, that can actually tell you or your doctor something. I've recently, because I'm doing so much research on all of this, you know, I've heard a lot about people doing these keto diets. They go ketogenic, which don't even get me started. But when they do, their cholesterol goes through the roof. It's a very high fat diet. You have to be careful with that. But it would have been good for them to know what their baseline cholesterol was before they did something like that. So definitely go get that checked. But moving into eggs, because I'm an egg fan myself, and and now that they're saying, okay, it's eggs are okay to eat, like it's not considered the evil because it has high cholesterol. You know, eggs are definitely making more of a comeback, it seems like. And while it's true that just one egg yolk might have 200 milligrams of cholesterol, making it one of the richest sources of dietary cholesterol, which is why they were so concerned about people eating it, obviously. Eggs also contain additional nutrients that may help lower the risk of heart disease. So in addition to the moderate amount of fat in an egg, because it has about five grams, that's not terrible, and most of that fat is monounsaturated or polyunsaturated fat, it's also crucial for you to distinguish between dietary cholesterol and cholesterol in the blood, which I just taught you because those are weakly related now, which is what they know. So the focus on dietary cholesterol alone was de-emphasized as more attention was placed on the influence of saturated and trans fat of blood cholesterol, and that was according to the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. So all of the research is coming back together and pointing to the same thing, which we love. So eggs. Research on moderate egg consumption in two large prospective studies, all right? They found that up to one egg per day is not associated at all to heart disease. Again, I always have to put it out there. If you have diabetes, you're in a different, you're in a different group, so you always have to follow what you, your doctor recommends. So having an egg a day, it's not going to hurt you, as I said. I like to have an egg, a full egg with the yolk. That is fantastic protein for you. And I like to add a couple egg whites to it. And then just always be careful what you're adding with those eggs to keep all of the other fat down. Eggs are good. Eggs are not bad. They are rich in cholesterol. They are rich in protein. They are rich in choline, biotin, vitamin A, antioxidants as well. So again, it's just, it's one of the most hearty whole foods you can possibly eat. So just don't be afraid of it. Don't go crazy with it. Don't be having, you know, omelets three times a day, but just know that eggs are your friend. Now, all of that, I'm going to lead right into and finish up with a documentary that I saw a couple weeks ago while I was riding on my bike trainer. I decided to watch a documentary. The documentary shall go nameless. I am not going to start bashing a certain movie, a documentary. You'll know if you saw it which documentary I am talking about. Now, the reason I don't like to watch these health documentaries, you would think I'd be all over it. You know, Forks Over Knives, which I still haven't seen it. Um, this one, there's so many right now out there. And you would think that I would be like such an advocate for these documentaries because they're like telling you, you know, how to be healthy and, you know, this isn't good for you and you should eat this but not meat because of the hormones. And it sounds like something that I would be totally engaged in and promoting. However, these documentaries, you have to be very, very careful 
because they are completely biased in one direction. And what I want you to realize is that anybody can make a documentary. There's something about that word, documentary. It makes you think that it's truth. I don't know why, but it, it's not. Just like when you go onto the internet, if you Google something and you click on that link, it might not be true what you're reading. You really have to look at the source that it's coming from. If I look up cholesterol, I can find 16,000 articles, half of them telling you one thing, half of them telling you something else, half of them written by actual doctors, half of them written by God knows who, and it's a blog and it's an opinion written by someone who has no knowledge in the medical field. You have to do your homework. And the same is true for these documentaries. So I watched this health documentary and I don't think I was engaged for one moment because of the lack of research that was put into this. Now they might refer to a piece of research, but again, you have to realize that there's thousands of studies out there and you can find a study to go with any answer you want. So if you wanna believe that meat is bad for you, you can find that research. If you wanna believe that meat is good for you, you can find that research. Well, in this documentary, they decided that a plant-based diet is the only way to go and it can cure all. Okay, so that's basically what they were trying to say. And they would go to doctors and they would ask them, you know, why are you not promoting A, B, and C? And the doctors would get very irritated with them. And, it would, and they made it look like the doctors were trying to avoid the topic because they're, they don't want to disclose this information. And they, they honestly, they show you what they want to show you. Now, if I were a doctor, a medical MD doctor, and some of the questions in this documentary that this person brought to them, I would have got up and walked out also because there's no research to back it up. Maybe there's one little research study on 10 people, whoever it was, but you have to realize that that is why the doctors are generally walking out of the room because it's ridiculous and they don't even want to engage in that behavior. So when you're watching a documentary, I want you to, you know, ask yourself like I did in this particular documentary, this one guy, you know, is the one who put it together. And it's like, who is this guy? He has no medical background. You know, where does he come from? Where is he getting his research from? These are questions you need to ask. How many studies did they look at? Because again, I can find a study to prove everything from every side if I want to. They chose to look at certain studies that were pinpointing what they wanted to look at, but they didn't show the, al the alternate side, which also showed opposite of what they're saying. They're only gonna show you one view. Now, it, again, it doesn't surprise me that doctors wanted to walk out and it looked like they were being somewhat controversial, but I really don't think they were. Uh, and here's my biggest question in this particular documentary. They would interview overweight, unhealthy people. And then they would talk about, you know, that they were eating meat and they were eating all this stuff and they were on all these medications. And then they went completely plant-based. And when they went plant-based diet, within two weeks, they felt better. Like it was a miracle. Now, what they didn't talk about is, well, what did these people change in their diet in those two weeks? Great that they went plant-based. Yes, those foods are healthy, but were they no longer eating McDonald's three times a day? Were they no longer 
eating the trans fat, the saturated fat. These are people who were all well overweight and probably technically considered obese. So they were eating a lot of bad food. So did plant-based nutrition actually heal them? Or did it just get, or did they just get healed because they stopped eating all the crap? Because that's two different things. Those are two different variables. And if you're really gonna do research in a documentary, you would have to separate those variables to make sure of what you're saying. So I think going plant-based helped them because it helped them get rid of all the bad food they were eating and the high sugar and all of that. And so those, again, those are two different things. I'm not saying a plant-based diet is bad, but I'm not saying a plant-based diet cured these people in two weeks. I think that they changed their diet and got rid of a lot of the bad stuff. It's no different than I used to say about going gluten-free. People would say, well, I, you know, so-and-so went gluten-free and they lost five to 10 pounds. Well, but did they lose five to 10 pounds because they actually took gluten out of their diet? Or did they lose five to 10 pounds because now they don't go to In-N-Out Burger three times a day like they used to. And now they don't eat the brownies and the this and the that. There's, that's two different things. And you really have to determine which one is making the difference. Because living a gluten-free life is very difficult. Living a plant-based diet life is difficult. It's hard to go out. It's hard to do that forever. Like I've, I've tried to do it for like a day and I'm starving. It's not enough for me as an athlete. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not putting any political value on it or anything. I'm just saying, before you make these decisions and before you watch these documentaries and decide, oh, this guy, you know, he's really right. Look at, look at these people and they went plant-based and now they're healthy. That's not necessarily true. So I just, I want to start helping people realize that when they watch these documentaries, they need to be careful about what they're seeing and, and you know, what the results are that they're actually talking about. So for some of those people in the movie, you know, the documentary that I would like to see is the one on these people who went plant-based and, you know, felt great two weeks later. How long did it last? How long could they maintain a plant-based diet? Because not one thing in this movie mentions how to go plant-based, what it means, how to eat that way. It doesn't even give you any guidelines. So say you're just the general public and you don't really even understand what plant-based means, but you watch this documentary and for whatever reason you fall for it, and all of a sudden you try to go plant-based and so now you're just eating you know, salads and things that look like plants and who knows if you're even getting in enough protein or enough calcium that maybe now you no longer have because you gave up dairy. Um, they just, they didn't go into that at all. And so I, I worry for people. I worry for the general public who maybe aren't educated and watch this and then they try to go that way. Does it even last? Or does it just last a few weeks and then they go back and binge the other way because they're starving? Because that's all they know and because they weren't taught how to properly perhaps go into this different way of nutrition. So again, things to think about. Uh, the last things in this documentary that absolutely killed me is when they compare cheese to heroin. Uh, I think that's an impressive uh, way to associate those. I'm not sure I would put cheese and heroin in the same category. And they say that eggs are the devil. And I just went into all the research saying that eggs are actually not the devil. So I'd like, to, I'd like for them to read maybe more current research on what's going on. 
So if you take all of everything we talked about today, and this was a long podcast today for me, I try to always keep it pretty short, um, but we talked about cholesterol, we talked about eggs, and we talked about how to view some of these documentaries on health. I still think the answer is always what I come back to, which is, hey, people, everything in moderation, okay? The best way to stay healthy is to eat healthy, nutritious food and do it in a moderate way. Have carbohydrates, have protein, have fat, limit saturated fat, but by no means would you take it out 100%. It just needs to be 10% of your total calories. Um, Can you have wine? Yes, but limit it. Have it on the weekends. Make sure it's in moderation. Can you have meat? Yes, but maybe not red meat every day, right? Maybe you have red meat every other week, but you have chicken, you have turkey every few days. That would be fine too. Don't feel like you have to go extreme to be healthy. Because just so you know, I eat meat, I eat plants, I eat everything, but I do it in moderation. And my doctor said I was completely healthy. So we looked at those numbers. He said, everything looks great. So next week, I'm going to dive into a little further the plant-based diet because it seems to be all the rage right now. And it's really funny to me. It's like people just can't get enough of a diet. They just always want a diet. It was gluten-free, everybody went gluten-free, and then everybody was going keto, and now everybody's going plant-based. So I just wanna get the research in and really explain what a plant-based diet is, what the research is. I'm not gonna say it's good, I'm not gonna say it's bad, that is not what my job is. My job is just to give you the information so that you can decide what is appropriate for you. All right, everyone, just some things to think about. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Always let me know if you have a topic you would like me to discuss. Just email me, kim at earnthatbody.com. I hope you do have a fantastic week. I hope you make it a healthy one. I hope you have one egg every day, but no more. Ha! Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.